as long as we could think, humans have had bad ideas. And over the course of our existence, we've had a lot of them. But obviously, some ideas are better than others. I mean, growing your own food instead of hunting and gathering all day? Genius idea by our ancestors. Creating an invention that would allow you to talk to someone a long distance away instantaneously? You gotta give Alexander Graham Bell credit for that idea. And putting cheese on top of macaroni? Simply brilliant. Truly the height of human ingenuity. But it always seems to be that for every good idea humanity has, we have ten bad ones. And some of these ideas are pretty bad. I mean, I've had my fair share of bad ideas. And after one of them blows up in my face, I think to myself, I must be the dumbest person in history to ever have come up with something this stupid. But then I just think back to all the worst ideas people have had in the past, and then I just feel better by comparison. So today, we're going to be trying out a new episode format. Instead of talking about a single topic or multiple topics uh, under the umbrella of a similar theme, I'm going to tell you many short stories of the worst ideas in history. And whenever you feel like a moron for a bad idea, you can just do what I do and remember that your idea probably wasn't the worst idea ever. Hi, I'm Nicholas Fowler, and welcome to Historical Hijinks. Now, for the first bad idea, let's start off with a doozy. Someone thought it would be a good idea to allow you to smoke on the Hindenburg. You know, the giant flying balloon filled with 242 tons of hydrogen, one of the most flammable elements that exist. Now, to be fair, you couldn't just bring your own cigars from home, but instead you had to purchase one from the Hindenburg. So I guess airports charging $100 for a water bottle at the terminal after they forced you to throw away your water bottle at customs is, uh, isn't a new thing. But back to the Hindenburg, you also had to smoke in a special pressurized room to prevent the fire from igniting the hydrogen. But still, why take the risk? You're a thousand feet in the air, with nothing between you and a giant fiery explosion than a wall. Why even take that risk? I don't understand. Who designed that idea? You're literally playing with fire. Who allowed for this idea? They were a moron. Well, at least they were lucky and the Hindenburg never went down in flames. But we're just getting started with these bad ideas. Next up, we have a certain idea from 3rd century Chinese Emperor Jin Shi Huang. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it doesn't. That's because he is the person responsible for the terracotta warriors. You know, all those uh, clay soldiers protecting a tomb in an underground crypt in China. He's also the person who conquered and unified China, and the person who first started to build the Great Wall of China. Wow, this Xin Shi Huang guy seems pretty cool. Yes, he was, but even the best of us can have absolutely awful ideas. More than anything else, Xin Shi Huang was obsessed with living forever. He even sent a minister out to sea, and the emperor told him to not come back until he found a magic potion that extends one life forever. The minister, of course, never came back, but that didn't stop our emperor. You see, he had heard stories long ago of kings and sages who had lived for 10,000 years by drinking magic elixirs that were mixed 
with Cinnabar. So naturally, he decided to do just that, and began drinking elixirs made from Cinnabar. And if you don't know what Cinnabar is, you may know it by another name. Mercury Sulfite. Yes, the elixir of immortality the emperor was drinking was made up of mercury. A very toxic element to humans if you ingest it. And so obviously, the king lived for 10,000 years, bringing with him a golden age for China while using his newfound immortal powers in order to conquer the rest of Asia, and he brought wealth and prosperity to everywhere he goes, and uh-oh, wait. No, uh, oh yeah, wait, no, no, he, he died from mercury poisoning. And the sad part is that he wasn't the only person to drink it thinking it would make them live forever. Multiple people tried this. Next up on the bad ideas list is that of Richard J. Gatling. He had an idea that he thought would limit death and suffering in war, if not get rid of it altogether. You see, what causes people to die in war? Weapons. And so Gatling figured that if he created a new weapon so deadly, so dangerous, and so destructive that armies would be too afraid to fight and feared that all their soldiers would die, then war would end. And so that's just what he did. He made that weapon. And he was so proud of this invention that he even named it after himself. And thus the Gatling gun was born in 1893. And no wars ever broke out again. Except that one war. And another one. And World War One. Yeah, actually, no, I forget. There were actually quite a lot of wars after that. Because, yeah, obviously, nobody just went to peace after the Gatling gun was born. In fact, they just used it to kill even more people in war. And basically threw Richard J. Gatling's idea on how to make the world a more peaceful place in the garbage. Because that was a very dumb idea. So our next horrible idea comes with the tragedy of the White Ship. This story takes place in 1120 and involves Prince William II of England, who was the grandson of William the Conqueror who is kind of a big deal in English history. If you don't know who he is, uh, you know the current Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II? Okay, uh, William the Conqueror is her great, 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 grandfather. Anyway, William II was in France to be made the honorary Duke of Normandy, and was also there to pay homage to the King of France. His father, however, King Henry, didn't really like the French, a sentiment that I'm sure no future rulers of England will ever have, and he decided to sail home before his son returned to his ship. But not to worry, because he set his son up with a local captain named Thomas Fitzstephen, who graciously offered to sail the prince home in a ship known as Le Blanc Nef, or the White Ship, and also pardon my French. Literally. It was known for crossing the English Channel faster than any other boat, and was known for hosting lively parties for nobles. And a lot of nobles and members of the royal family decided to stay behind to ride the white ship with Prince William II instead of sailing home with King Henry. Eventually, Prince William II arrived, and a total of 300 British nobles, members of the royal family, other very important people to, you know, ruling England, and, uh, you know, some miscellaneous staff and whatnot, boarded the white ship. And soon the pate began! With a fresh and plentiful shipment of French wine, everyone decided to drink themselves under the table before the boat even left the dock. 
They even began to give alcohol to the sailors running the boat, including the captain, because that's a good idea. And then everyone had an even better idea. This ship is said to be the fastest at crossing the English Channel, right? So why not beat the king and arrive at England first? How funny would it be if the king showed up to the shores of England and they were already there? I mean, sure, King Henry left early and he had a head start, but how awesome would it be if we got to England before him? Now, something I forgot to mention was that they were setting sail near Barfleur, which is known for its strong currents and rocky terrain, which has sunk many a ship. So it is crucial that you sail slowly and cautiously whenever passing through it. The perfect place for a drunk captain with rowdy passengers to race through as fast as possible. And unsurprisingly, they hit a rock and the ship began to sink. At least it wasn't an iceberg, I'm tired of that cliché. And the only survivor was a random butcher, though some chroniclers claim that Thomas Fitzstephen, who was the captain and owner of the boat, survived, but chose to drown himself instead of facing the wrath of King Henry. And with Prince William II's death, his sister Matilda was heir to the throne, but being that this was the 12th century, nobody wanted a woman on the throne, so a period of civil war known as the Anarchy occurred which honestly just sounds like a bad subtitle to a Purge movie. The lesson here is to never drink and drive, especially if you're transporting the air to a kingdom. It's a really bad idea. Okay, one more, and then that's probably enough. I think all this talking about bad ideas has lowered my IQ by 15%. So let's finish off with an idea from Thomas Austin, a name that any Australian listening to this is cursing to right now. You see... In 1859, a wealthy settler living in Victoria, Australia, named Thomas Austin, decided that he was bored. And because Netflix didn't exist yet, I guess wealthy people in 1859 had nothing better to do than hunt. But instead of hunting some, I don't know, kangaroos and giant spiders, Thomas Austin had 13 rabbits shipped to his estate. And they escaped, and now there are 200 million feral rabbits destroying the ecosystem in Australia. Great idea, Thomas Austin. Nice going. Anyway, that's all the time I have for uh, today. If you, let me know if you like this episode format, uh, you can know, or if you just want to say hi or have any suggestions for video topics, you can uh, reach me uh, with the Twitters at, with at Hist Hijinks, or you can email me with the email historicalhijinkspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I have a lot of fun doing these episodes. And this has been one for the history books.